0: Locked Talk Radio. And now Santana. Perhaps a strike away. Johan sweeps a little bit away from the left of the pitching rubber. Steps behind the rubber. Tugs once at the bill of his cap. Takes a deep breath and steps to the third base side of the rubber. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and Three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched the no hitter in the 8,000th and 20th game in the history of the New York Mets. They finally have a no-hitter, and who better to do it than Johan Santana, and what a remarkable story. His teammates are him in the command. The players in the bullpen are trotting in is a surreal feeling here at City Field. The first no-hitter in the history of the New York Mets has been pitched.
1: there you have it. And there it is. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, a very, 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 very special uh, episode of the show. Uh, Cal and I jumping on here. uh, We're going to do about an hour here just to talk. We just got to talk to each other because last night, for the first time in the history of the New York Mets, uh, Johan Santana threw a no-hit, no-run baseball game and... uh, Hey, Cal, uh, welcome in uh, to the show. It's not really a show. We, we just need to talk. I mean, this is like <laughs> this is just an
2: outlet right now.
1: Yeah, this is like when something like this happens. You just we just got to talk about it. I just want to talk to all my Met fan friends, and of course, I think of no one more than you. Uh, so we're just going to talk maybe a little bit about you know how it went down last night and, and just uh, what we were doing watching the game. I have a couple of great stories, Bry uh from some friends of ours that are huge met fans. Nice. I'm sure you do too. I know your brother-in-law is in Belize.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's a ticket holder for 10 years. He's in Belize.
1: Right. So uh, uh again, uh last night and we started there with the call from Howie Rose on WFAN here in New York. Uh just a – I I got the chills, Brian. I got the chills all over again today. Um let's start right at the beginning. I love that you and I did not text <laughs> <laughs> I love that there was an understanding between you and I not to text uh during this. I knew you were watching, you knew I was watching.
0: Mhm.
1: Um was the temptation there for you to text me?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. It was I think it got to like the 4th or 5th inning and I was yeah. sitting I was sitting on my couch and I'm watching the game and this was the first game in as far as back as I can remember that I put the game on for the first pitch and watched every pitch on television. Usually we got the wow. kids and we're, we're, we're getting finishing up dinner or we're getting them ready for bed or whatever it is. But because of the whole Carlos Beltran thing, right? I had wanted to see what the reaction was going to be to Beltran. So I, had, I put the game on first pitch and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll watch this. And I sat there and it got to the fourth or fifth inning. And I had been on Twitter and then I put Twitter away. And I, was going to, and I was going to send you a message, and I said, "You know what? No, I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> let's change it up. Yeah, let's let's do something different <laughs> because we always, you know, the joke is you don't want to acknowledge it, you don't want to jinx it, and 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 I, I fully believe in that, but we always kind of acknowledge it with each other, yes, or other people, or or however. I mean, when John Neese had the no hitter going earlier this year my brother-in-law and I kind of acknowledged it but didn't acknowledge it and we kind of tiptoed around it but we still we it was there. Yeah. Last night I just I just let it be. And I said, you know, if it happens, I'm I'm pretty sure we'll talk about it.
1: Well, I I think the amazing thing, I'm feeling so many emotions watching that game last night and we went through our usual routine. I can usually put the the game on while we're doing dinner with Wes and and putting Wesley to bed and stuff like that, I usually have the game on. Uh, if not in the living room, then in the bedroom. And I, you know, I'll go in there and check on the game. And, and I, you know, I, Bri, I don't know what it was. Last night definitely had a special feel. Maybe it was because it was Wainwright uh, uh, pitching for the Cardinals and Beltran playing for the Cardinals and back at City Field and Johan Santana and, and and you know, Beltran back at City Field for the first time. And now he and Wainwright are boys and, like, It just felt – and everything that has gone wrong for this team since Carlos Beltran took that strike three, uh, a curveball from Wainwright or whatever, it felt like it was all coming to a head and culminating. And uh, I take the train at uh, Woodside, so anytime there's a game day, it's always very crowded with Met fans at about – I take the 625. And I I usually uh, put my hat in my bag when there's a Met game that day, and I'll wear my hat home on the train. Just to let everybody know on the train, I'm I'm one of the boys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm with you. You know what I mean? I may not get off at Citi Field at Willets Point, but I'm with you. I'm going to go home and watch the game, or I'm listening to it on my iPhone. Right. So, and yesterday, great group of people. They were, like, raucous. They were up. They were, you know, really positive. There were some Cardinal fans on the train that were getting made fun of. I mean, it was just – there was something in the air, Brian. Feels different, huh? And I, I so, uh, but we get Wesley to bed or whatever, and uh, and and now uh, you know Teresa comes out of the bedroom from putting him to sleep or putting him down, and uh, she's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to stay up to make a movie because we had talked earlier in the day about renting a movie and watching a movie. And I'm like, this is like the fifth inning, and I said, I, I I'm not going to be able to do that, uh, hon. Uh, something special might be happening here. And she's like – like, looks at me like, okay, whatever. But here's the key, Bry. They're, they're primed. My wife understands this. Our first date uh, – not first date, but our first Met game when we had first started dating was the second-to-last game of the season in 2007 when John Mayne took a no-hitter into the eighth. And, oh, wow. Right. We went to that game together. Against the Marlins. So she has been for five years hearing about the fact that the Mets have never had a no hitter thrown. So she sort of got it. You know, she sort of got that, okay, you know. And then uh, lastly with her, because she got into it then. Then she was on the couch and she was like, I'll stay in this position, maybe even. Maybe this position's lucky. <laughs> you know, but all the time, never saying the words no hitter. Never, you know. Not making fun of me because I couldn't sit down, because I'm pacing back and forth. And uh, I turned the sound off. I I have to admit, I turned the sound off. I turned off Gary Cohen. Turned it off. Wow. And I put music on. I put on like Radiohead and Gomez. I I could not listen to (laughs) Gary Cohen talk about a no-hitter.
2: Yeah, he was, I mean, and he, it was like, he couldn't stop saying the words no-hitter.
1: Couldn't stop. Couldn't stop. And I, I, Twitter wasn't even a thought in my mind.
2: It was funny because even, even Keith and, and Ron weren't saying the words. They were trying right. really hard to not say the words no, no-hitter. And get every other word out of Gary Cohen's mouth was no-hitter. There's right, no and they're, they're ball ballplayers. Right.
1: Gary, Gary Cohen, who does the TV for the Mets, said a long time ago, I'm not going to dance around it. If somebody's pitching a no-hitter, I'm going to go the other way and say it a ton.
2: And that's fine
1: because not saying it hasn't worked for 40 years, you know. Right. So uh at the time, that was 10 years ago. So um it gets after the 6th they show the Teresa still really doesn't get what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I can't say it. I can't say it for fear. I can't say it. Uh-huh. So I uh Pointed to, I'm like, it was the end of the inning, and I said, look at the graphic, please, and tell me and, and tell me what it says under H for the Cardinals. And she's like, hey, it says W.B. Mason. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I had to rewind it, like, just 30 seconds, take it back. And she's like, oh, <laughs> now I get it. So then from that point on, she was in. I mean, she was in. Wow. And like like actually enjoying it and we were talking about anything else but it was like we were on the bench (laughs) we were were talking about our bank account we were talking about going to the circus today with wesley and like anything other than so lastly the only other communication i had was i got a text from dr E Ray stat what an unbelievable job he did
3: well
1: he texted me privately because we have Duda on the fantasy team that we share. Uh-huh. He texted he I am just to me. Hey, big home run for Duda. That maybe really gets him going. Dot dot dot.
0: It was completely
1: random. And mm-hmm. I knew exactly why he did it.
2: And explain how you knew.
1: He wanted to he wanted to let us know that he let me know that he was watching the game. Right. And that he was watching this, but without saying,
2: it was a no-hitter. Right. And even though he's one of the biggest Yankee fans that we know, yep. he totally got it, and he was totally pulling for us, Absolutely. And, he, and he didn't want to jinx it. Even as a Yankee fan, he didn't want to jinx it. Yep. So his way of letting me know was,
1: now we fa- we we text a lot about our fantasy team or whatever but that was completely random
0: uh-huh
1: that was like completely random i think because we released duda actually we don't have duda anymore oh we were thinking about picking up duda so that's how i completely knew it was a message to me <laughs> to tell me that and i didn't even respond back i didn't need to Right, but you knew you were watching, so you knew totally knew that what he was doing there was. And he's on a vacation with his wife; they're celebrating their fifth anniversary. No, uh, his wife, who was once a meth fan, by the way, who grew up a meth fan.
2: That's right.
1: So the only other one, Cal, I gotta tell, uh, is the ellipses, the classic ellipses te- text between Kevin and I.
2: That's a great one.
1: Our buddy K Mac, who's who's I've. Been one of my best friends all my life. I've known him since I'm two years old, and we're huge Met fans. Uh, we grew up three houses away from each other, you know, playing wiffle ball and, and, and loving the Mets and the 86 Mets. We watched every game of that season, 90% of them we watched together. It was like a nightly thing come over, watch the Met game, you know? I remember watching game one in my living room, and the huge debate we had at the bus stop was whether to start Tuffle or Backman because <laughs> he was a big Backman guy, and I was a big Tuffle guy at second base. And they started Tuffle, and Tuffle, of course, made the error. <laughs> right, that they cost him the
2: game. That cost
1: him the game. They lost the game, one nothing. Tuffle had a ball go through his legs. And I'll never forget Kevin sitting on uh, his lucky spot, which was a little bench in my living room. <laughs> Looking back at me in my chair, in my lucky position in my chair with the biggest scowl you have ever seen on, like, a 15-year-old's face, like, looking at me like, you stupid son of a – look what you did. Look what you did. There's your tuffle. So, anyway, he and I have this thing that we don't – we started it long ago. Started, like, like when texting started, like, three, four years ago, that if it gets past the fifth inning – we don't text anything to each other. We just text ellipses. Three dots. Right?
0: So
1: the other one will know it's happening. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Be aware we might have a shot at it. I think we said it was the sixth inning. I think we said it was the sixth. So anyway,
2: well, I guess I guess every year that we went without another no-hitter. It probably got a little earlier and earlier. That's right. You know, it's like it's 51 years now. Maybe in the fourth inning, if there's a no-hitter going on, we better acknowledge it.
1: Right. So he, uh, so he sends the ellipses after the fifth. Uh-huh. And he sends uh, – Owen is at the game. Owen is uh, Kevin's nephew, Cal. Okay. He's seven, six or seven years old. The kid is the biggest Met fan. <laughs> he is unbelievable, this kid. Every time I see him, he, he just – got to tell you a story about what he said to the, uh, his crossing guard yesterday at school. Oh, But I'll get to that later. But anyway, so Kevin Tex, Owen's at the game, and then the ellipses. That was it. Right? So letting me know it's special. It could be unbelievably special that his nephew, who's this huge throwback Mets fan, who reminds uh-huh. us of us. You know, who who like uh cousin Sal wrote about on Grantland, won't let you know, like doesn't like to play against the Yankees. <laughs> you know, when he plays right. right. Like doesn't want to be on the Yankees. So anyway, uh the ellipses Cal. And Kevin did uh nine dots after the sixth, six dots after the seventh, and three dots after the eighth. For how many outs were left to get. Right. And I just did my standard three dots back in response. Uh, unbelievable! Unbelievable! Jumping, jumping around the living room, Brian, like they won the World Series.
2: Now, can can, I, I, can you tell me a little bit about your night? I'll give you. I'll give you my night. My night was completely the opposite of jumping around the <laughs> living room like they won the World Series. My night concluded with me collapsing out of my couch, <laughs> literally collapsing out of my. Ca- I, all right, let me back up. So at the point when I decided that that we were not going to communicate last night. Right. right, (laughs) That was, I had just, you know, I had just gotten up for a glass of water. I think I ate an ice cream sandwich, too, if I remember correctly. (laughs) And I sat down and I realized, all right, you know what? Oh, also, completely random, but maybe not so much, the uh, ESPN... uh, on the website, Jeremy Schaap had done a sit-down interview with R.A. Dickey. I don't know if you saw it. No. He, he did a sit-down interview with R.A. Dickey. It was basically about the book and, and R.A. Dickey's story about right. being molested when he was a kid. And then, you know, it was, it was kind of like his book in a 13-minute piece. Okay. But it was an interview. Any he interview. He went to his home. He interviewed Dickey. He interviewed his wife and, and all of that. So, as I'm watching the game, this is around the second or third inning, I'm watching the game, but now I'm, watch, I'm also watching the Dickey thing at the same time. So, I'm listening right. to that and I'm watching the game. And at, at that point, both pitchers were, were throwing a no hitter because Wainwright didn't give up a hit till the fourth inning either. Yep. Yep. And, and Santana had walked three or four guys and he had thrown a lot of pitches and right. wasn't really even thinking about it. I mean, you always think about it, but didn't take it seriously. So I finished the Dicky thing. I got up. I had my ice cream sandwich. I got my glass of water. I sat down. It's like the fourth or fifth inning. I I shut the iPad the iPad, put it to the side. Right. I'm going to just sit and watch this game. Right. And now the fifth inning ends and I'm like I'm not going to communicate with Steve. I'm not going to communicate with anybody. Right. I'm going to sit right here <laughs> and I'm not going to move a muscle. Yep. And that's exactly and and I, I am sure there are thousands of Met fans that had, a, had to use the facilities throughout <laughs> that period of time without getting too No
1: chance. And no chance.
2: Going anywhere.
1: No chance.
2: I'm sitting there. I, my daughter, my poor, poor eight year old daughter, she's sick. She came home from school sick yesterday with a fever, sore throat. She's not feeling well. She wound up curled up on the couch, on the other side of the couch. Right. And she fell asleep.
1: Oh. So now you can't make any
2: noise either. No, 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 no! Not only can I not make any noise, but now I can't move this poor kid.
0: <laughs> I have a,
2: a sleeping, sick eight-year-old. Right. All she, all she needs to do is be in her own bed to sleep right. in for the night, and I can't move her. I'm she, like I, I'm looking over at her, and I'm what, and I'm like, I can't move this kid. It's the seventh inning. To further not, com- to, not to mention, she might be in a
1: lucky position herself. That was, that was the whole point. That's why I couldn't right. move her. Oh, I I was thinking, too, like if you move her, you got to put her no, to sleep and stuff no, like that. Like that no, might be a process.
2: I didn't move her for fear of... <laughs> yeah. She was comfortable. She was okay. To further complicate that, though... Um, I'm glad she didn't fall asleep like on her arm or something like I that. Like, woken up like so pissed off at you.
1: Why'd you move me? Well, I'm I'm sorry,
2: dear. You're in a lucky position. The Mets just threw their first no hitter in 50 years. Next to the next to her on the couch, my wife had bought this um, this canvas that's in a frame. It's hard. I don't know. It's hard to picture. You'd have to see it, but it's maybe like six by six. It's not. A, it's not a huge thing. It's very light. Right. But as the night went on and where Julia was laying, this canvas slowly started to slide and ultimately wound up resting on her shoulder. Can't move it. So so now This this glacial canvas is slowly coming down the mountain. Poor kid is sick. She's sleeping in her clothes, curled up on the couch with a piece of canvas laying on her, and I'm not moving a muscle. <laughs> and I'm thinking, my, my this, this is this is what fifty years of is, not having a no hitter will do to you. This is what this is what you'll do. If he doesn't pitch a no hitter, I'm gonna be the worst <laughs> father ever. Already bordering on it. Right.
1: Uh Well, I want to talk. I want to talk later about the game itself.
2: Yeah, no. I do Obviously. too. I, but I just wanted to finish what, what No, I, no, no, no. That's my here's another one. You ready? Yeah.
1: So uh Kevin had told me that his nephew, this great Met fan, this great I think he maybe he's seven or eight. I don't know. But uh he's around that age and he reminds us so much of us, Cal. huh. He's really a throwback kid. Like he watches every game every night. Like uh Kev's brother Ed is like I don't I don't know what I don't know how I did this, you know the kid just loves the Mets. so Kevin, after the game when we were finally able to communicate,
3: <laughs> uh,
1: Kevin tells me that uh uh Owen had told his crossing guard at school oh, that right. he was that he was going to the game tonight like he this kid will tell everybody like it's it's like I'm going to the game tonight, and he said to her, "I'm Owen seven, so I sure hope i get, sure hope I get a win." Because he had, they had lost all seven times that oh, he had no. gone to a game, and and he's the kind of kid who, like we do that. Yes, like I know Wesley's numbers. Wesley's one and two in his young life. He got his first win on my birthday. He was zero and two in his rookie year. You know, uh. like and <laughs> he said to the crossing guard, "I'm zero seven. I hope I get a win tonight." <laughs> well, not only did he get a win, but he got a no hitter. And, uh, I mean, just unbelievable. You know, the, the texts and the calls came pouring in. I'll tell you, the first person I talked to, uh, you know, like actually talked to was my dad. My dad called. Yeah. And he was watching it. And my dad was, my dad seldom gets giddy about sporting events.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, giant Super Bowls or whatever. He's gotten pretty excited because um, he's a giant fan. But he, he, he tends to think it's a little silly, mm-hmm. but if there's something he can get excited about, it's baseball, and it's the Mets, and he was great. He was like – he was giddy. He was absolutely giddy. I had just – I was out of breath because I was literally jumping around the living room,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it was just – it was nice to talk to my dad. Now, your dad missed it.
2: Well, yeah. Here's here's my dad. I, I can't. I can't. Oh, Ralph. I'm going to let me let me finish up the the chain of events that led into me calling my father. Okay, because now again, I'm not I'm on the couch. I'm not moving. I'm 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 tense and my stomach is hurting. I haven't I haven't felt I can't remember the last time I felt this way. <laughs> and then it dawned on me, the last time I felt like this and I actually went to the please please just let this happen. Right. Please just look. I did that in 1999 on the last day of the season mm-hmm. when uh, I was at that game, and oh, really? the Wild pitched to Piazza. Yep, and they scored. They they beat the Pirates and and it, it put them into the one game playoff. That was the last time that I I had the same emotion. Never, I didn't feel this way in 2006. Oh, I did. I yeah. I I didn't feel like please let this happen. Oh, I did. Um. So, okay, so what so happened. so I'm watching, I'm watching. Once they get to the ninth inning, and, it, and then I'm thinking to myself, you know, they've never, it, I've never seen this before. I've seen them go into the eighth inning. I've seen no hitters lost in the eighth inning. Yep. I've, I've never seen a no hitter for the Mets go into the ninth inning. That's and right. that's when I thought this, this might actually happen for the first time. I thought that, you know, maybe because they got past that eighth inning hump, that this might be the night. And it was Santana and just, just everything about the pitch count and, and everything. So when he, when he strikes out freeze, I, I literally fell out of the couch because I had been sitting there for the last two hours in the same exact spot. And it was just like I fell out of the couch. I had goosebumps and I was shaking, shaking. Mm-hmm. The dog started barking. Because now, you know, this grown man just fell out of a couch and is shaking. Something must be happening. What's with you, man? Uh, my daughter was still sleeping. Right. Although this morning she tells me she wasn't sleeping and re- recited everything that happened throughout the night. So she was... She, must she was playing been, possum. She must have been playing along. Oh, that's fantastic. My wife walks out all, like, bleary-eyed because she had fallen asleep. Right. What, what happened? And now I have to I have to explain why I'm laying on the floor shaking because right. the Mets just pitched a no hitter. Right, and she says, oh, I thought somebody died," and then shook her head in disgust and walked back to bed. Right. So I didn't have the understanding that your wife had. I yes. So now I I, I you know I compose myself after a few minutes, take a deep breath, and then I go pick up the phone and I call now. In years past, my father would have called me. Yes. There's the classic. You remember the classic story of being at the fantasy football draft. I do. And in the middle of a Pedro, no hit, Pedro Martinez no-hitter, he calls me. Yep. And wouldn't you know it, the next two pitches, and they lose the game. <laughs> Not only did they lose the no-hitter, the next <laughs> two pitches were like a double and a home run. <laughs> and they wound <laughs> up losing the game two to one. So I thought it was strange that he hadn't called me. Right. But then I thought, well, maybe he's playing along, too. So I picked up the phone and I called him. It's like, you know, it's after 10 o'clock. I figured he would still be up. And he answers the phone like this. Can you believe I missed it? Oh, no. He didn't even say hello. Because oh. he, I guess he saw got oh. the caller ID. He saw it was me. He said, yep. can you believe I missed it? And now I'm thinking, shut up. Right. You're lying. You didn't. Because he, he, he's been known to do that, too. Right. Like, I'll call him, whoa, what happened? I didn't see it. But he saw it. He really missed it this time.
1: I can't believe that.
2: I said, what? He says, I wasn't watching it. He says, I was watching a little bit of the Yankee game. I said, yeah, but wouldn't the Yankee game have at least been giving you updates? He says, no, 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 no. I was flipping around. I watched the Yankee game. I was watching. Oh, you, you, you know what else I was watching? The Heat. He's watching basketball. I said, what? He says, yeah. And then I put on America's Got Talent.
1: And that, you know, that's the end of your night right there. That's I said it. You Wrap it up.
2: Gotta, You're gotta kidding me. I said, so you really didn't see it. He says, I didn't see it. He says, I flipped back to it, and I saw the scoreboard with all the zeros, and I said, what's that? <laughs> oh. Like, he, like he, didn't, he didn't realize the game was over.
1: Oh, that's such a shame.
2: And then and now now now. My my feelings have shifted to guilt for not calling him and letting him know what was going on. I said I, I said I thought about calling you, but I didn't want to.
1: No, you couldn't call him. He said you oh, couldn't I'm,
2: call him. He says, oh, you should have called me. I oh, said, please. That's his bad. What's he doing watching the Heat? Well, the, the the phone call concluded with, well, this is a good, you know, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you got to see this. Right. And I said. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry.
1: You had a chance to be a hero and you blew it. Uh,
2: and I and and I hung up and I felt bad for another couple of minutes and then I went back to just just it was yeah, the whole the you. whole thing, Steve, even now. It's just surreal. And I kept we as we were texting back and forth last night, that was the one emotion that I had was just one of this I can't believe this is actually right. happening. It's I couldn't
1: believe those- it. It it is. It's one of those things – there are two things in sports, uh, in my rooting sports, and we have a caller. There's a caller on the line, Uh, Cal. We'll get to whoever it is in a second. Just give us a second, but thank you for holding. Sorry about holding. I'm not sure who it is, Uh, but we'll we'll get to you in one second. Don't Um, leave them
2: on hold too long.
1: No, I won't. That's a terrible job by me, but there are two things to me that are sporting – my sports watching certainties that I have always said I don't know how I'll react. I don't. I don't. I can't envision it even happening, so I don't know how I'll react. One is the Jets winning the Super Bowl. Right. I, I don't. I. I don't know what'll happen. I've. have often said that will be the night I get arrested. You know, because I'll be naked on top of some pole in the. You know, like some telephone pole in the center of Times Square. <laughs> Now, of course, that was in my youth. And uh, I'm older now, so I'll probably be just naked in the backyard on a pole somewhere. Right. Uh, But uh, that's one. And the other one is, literally, the other one is a Met Mm no-hitter. I really, it had gotten to the point after 50 years, and they played 8,019 games, right? This was their 8,020th regular season game. Right. Okay. Cal, have we watched 3,000 of those? I was trying to put an estimate on it. So I've been watching the Mets since I'm, you know, literally since I'm four or five years old, right? That's 33 years. If I averaged, if I averaged 50 games a year. 50? You know, and there's years, there's years I have a solid 120 in there. Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: if you add your your easy 2,000.
1: Right. I put it at 3,000. I've probably watched 3,000 games That's in my
2: life. I never, close.
1: I never thought it was going to happen,
2: ever. No, me
1: so last night I I didn't I I was jumping around the living room and Teresa's looking at me and and getting it she filed, she got it and uh, you know because she understood like I I said to her I said 50 years we're talking about 3,000 games that I've watched mm-hmm. you know and uh, I texted her brother you know uh, and he texted me back he said that's fantastic and you know some of the folks in Texas I guess didn't know that they had never thrown one. Like her dad, you know, texted with me, and uh, I said, I said to her dad, I said, your daughter was great. She got even not to jinx it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't even say the words no hitter. She sat in the same position, you know. But I, I just, I don't, I didn't know how to react. It, it is that big a deal to the Met fan. It is. It is. Now let's. Uh, you want to take this call? See who. Yeah. It
3: is? Take
1: it. All right. Hey, welcome uh, to the podcast. Who's calling?
3: Daniel Alderondo.
1: Oh, Dan, how are you, pal?
3: <laughs> Good. How are you?
1: Ah, well, you know, sweet euphoria. Chris Cornell once said, uh, "It feels. It feels a little like we won a World Series, Dan. It really does. It really does for the Met fan. It really does. It's up there, top five Met moments ever.
3: It has to be. How did you? I mean, it's, how something, did... it's something that none of you have ever seen before. I mean, and it's awesome.
1: Yep. Uh, now, uh, uh, you, you got any good stories from last night? Were you? Uh, did you see anybody? Did you do anything nice?
3: I was actually at home on a Friday night just relaxing. Because I'm, I'm actually at work right now, but I stepped away because I saw that you guys were having a special episode.
2: Oh, nice. So wanna wanted... you, Colin, brother.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and
2: also, and... also, Dan's a Yankee fan, too. Yes, I know. I know this. But he's another good one.
1: He's a good Yankee fan. See, this is what we're talking about. We've had an outpouring of, like... Good vibes. Yeah. Good vibes. So were you watching the Yankee game last night and then flipped over?
3: Yeah, I was flipping back and forth between the Yankee game. I uh, was watching a little bit of the Heat-Celtic game. But I followed Buster Olney on Twitter, and at about the seventh inning, he had posted about how Johan had a no-no going. So immediately I turned over to that. One of, My best friend is a Met fan, and I all my friends are into sports, so I have a – very great amount of Mets fans so I contacted everybody just to make sure that they were aware of this
0: right i had great a few job. friends
3: i had a few friends who were at the game right um one of them being a yankee fan who actually had posted a, a status on facebook when he had gotten there that he was at city field wearing his yankee hat
1: <laughs>
3: that's <laughs> awesome so that's, I, a great, that's,
1: that's a great that's a great job by you by the way daniel that's a great <laughs> job by you no i mean that's good looking out like you're you're looking out for your buddies that are Met fans or whatever, you know. There's a lot of Yankee fans that wouldn't have done
3: that. Yeah, I mean, I I posted a message at the end of the night that uh, I'm a Yankee fan and obviously I want to see them win everything as much as possible all day. <laughs> but I, while I give my friends, you know, I give them little jabs about how they're Met fans, I still root for the Mets. I still root for New York. So you know, if there's anything that they could do that's good, that doesn't hurt the Yankees, then I'm all right. for it. <laughs> so, so throwing a no hitter, the first one, I was all in for. So and I had even posted a message on my Facebook, I believe it was after the seventh inning. You know, the Metropolitans have a no no going, which my friend immediately commented, "How dare you jinx it?" Right. And right. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in the jinx. <laughs> right. But I think uh, I suppose as a Met fan they're holding on to anything possible, so whatever could possibly screw it up, they're willing to right. to point to. So I think my, my friend was ready to blame me for it.
1: Especially but, especially out of a Yankee fan. You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. if if a Met fan tweets, hey, you know, Johan's got a no-no, we're still all going to yell at him and throw stuff at him, but he's a Met fan. <laughs> and again, when a Yankee fan tweets, hey, Johan's got a no-no, girl, we're like, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, but... Tremendous looking out though to let your your buddies know.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I stayed in the same spot, and yeah. when he struck out Freeze on that filthy change-up, which it seemed like he had that going for him, and watching the replays, yep. that seemed to be like the one pitch he had going for him most of the night. Uh, yeah, I just stayed in place, gave the little fist pump. I didn't nice. I didn't jump for joy. I wasn't I wasn't shaking on the ground, but <laughs> I was I was ecstatic <laughs> nonetheless. I mean, it couldn't happen to like a better pitcher and.
1: And I mean, that's it's just so better.
3: awesome for the organization and for the team and for the fans. Yep.
1: That's the other thing. Thanks, Dan. We're going to let you run. But uh, that's the other thing. And, uh, hey, call back when we're on, on Thursday nights. We'd love to have you on about the Yankees, brother. All
3: right. No problem. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Dan. Thanks,
1: Daniel. Daniel uh, Alderondo, who uh, writes for us a little bit every once in a while. Really good sports fan. That was awesome of him to do. And he brings up a. Uh, we have another caller. We're going to get to that in a second. He brings up an awesome. I think it might be. Well, no, I won't speculate. Now he brings up a, a fantastic point, um and w- w- again, we'll talk about the game in specific in a couple of seconds, but it's johan. I texted you. What did I text you the other day? Remember, I just texted you the other day. Yeah like thousand uh, things. I don't remember no, that. no, no <laughs> we, we do text quite a bit.
3: <laughs> uh, I got
1: but remember what I texted about the rain delay? I said, there's no doubt two th- yes. two things i I just texted this. what was it last Monday? Yeah. Two th- I texted to Cal, two things are now a certainty to me. One, the Mets <laughs> if the Mets ever do throw a no-hitter, it will be it will be a uh, combined effort. In other right. words, it won't be one guy. It'll be like the bullpen and stuff. And B, the other thing is, they will lose the game. <laughs> That's right. That was the Nice game. That was the Nice was it the Nice game? No, yeah. I think what the other day?
2: Yeah, it was it was on Memorial Day because he hadn't given up a hit or then he gave up one hit and they were losing two nothing or something.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right. It was No, mo- it, was, mo- it, was, it was it was the Nice game the other day. He didn't give up a hit for like the first 5 innings. But he walked, remember he like what the, he had that 39 pitch first. Oh, that's pitch. what
2: it was. Right, right, right. And it's then
1: in the in the 5th inning. Errors, right. Yeah. And I think I texted after the 4th, you know, two things have become apparent to me. One it will be a combined cuz Nice had like 114 pitches by the 4th inning. That's right. And that's to be talked about last night too. I mean, yo, it's so many stories here. Yeah. So many freaking stories go into this. You know, I mean, they it's it's Beltron. Beltron hits that ball that could have been called fair. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Beltron of all people. Yadier Molina hits, you know, who hit the most crushing home run in the Mets, one of the most crushing home runs against the Mets in their history. Mhm. Hits that bomb to left field, and I, I, as Baxter's going back, Cal, I'm saying to myself, he's got it, 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 and
2: then the poor kid crashes into the wall. Mm-hmm. Maybe he ruins his career. Who knows?
0: <clears throat>
2: and and grew up in Whitestone as a Mets fan.
1: Went to Malloy, is a Mets fan, and he will uh, forever. I was talking, to, uh, texting with my buddy Jimmy after the game, and they were interviewing Baxter, and he was really. Sort of forlorn. You know what I mean? He, he,
2: he, he was, was like numb.
1: Yeah, but I think Cal, I think his injury was serious. I think and so if you're too. Mike Baxter, who's been a journeyman player, so, and I was telling, I was trying to explain the gravity of that catch to Teresa. I said, this kid grew up about 10 minutes from here. He grew up a Met fan. He just potentially made a catch that will live in Met infamy, you know, forever.
2: Ultimately, he did.
1: Right. And I said, but he's a journeyman player. He may have just ended ended his career. Like he's finally gotten a shot. He's playing well. And that might end his career. You know, you don't know the severity of the injury or whatever. So you had that storyline. You had um, Wainwright. Wainwright again, like exercising the demons of 2006 and 2007 and 2008, and you had it being Johan Santana, this guy coming all the way back from the shoulder surgery Cal, which we're told every freaking day in the papers, every time he pitches, no one's ever come back from before, ever, in the history of ever. And for this guy to throw 135 pitches, or 134 pitches in a no-hitter, is just, he's, that's, the brilliance of it. That's mm-hmm. part of the brilliance of it is that he's worthy of it. You always wanted to see it fall, and it got to the point I think for Met fans that like I didn't care who threw it. I mean I, I mean I gotta be honest. I didn't I thought I didn't care who threw it. I did. I cared who threw it. I wanted it to be somebody like Johann Santana or uh you know, in recent years R. A. Dickey because he's a good guy. You know what I mean? Like I it, it did matter to me. Yeah, I didn't want it to be Dave Malicki. you know. I didn't want it to be, you know, uh, Miguel Batista on a spot start.
2: No disrespect to those guys. None, of course, but but you're but you're you're spot on with that. You yeah. wanted it to be got like even like if Pedro Martinez had done it, Pedro wouldn't have been, would, wouldn't would have have been the it. same. I
1: would, I would have taken it.
2: I would have taken it too, but it wouldn't. It's not the same as Johan Santana because you know what? Santana gave us that start. Three years ago against the Marlins. Yeah, I agree. So with that start, you know, just give me the ball on three days yep. rest yep. with, with tending t- knee surgery with the torn meniscus. With, yep. with the season on the line, and he went out and threw a three hit shutout. Yep, that put him in the lure right there.
1: Yep, no, absolutely, I, so I agree. So he
2: was so he was there already, and last night, last night just put him, you know, locked him up forever. Yeah, forever.
1: We have another call. Let's see if we can uh, take this call. Hey,
4: how you doing? Sam Pete, what's up, K Mac? Staten Island here, brother. <laughs> hey, there he is. How how could I not call in on this on this glorious oh. day as a Mets fan?
1: Oh, Mac, tell me it's oh, real. Oh
4: boy, oh man, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dream has come true.
4: Blue and orange pride <laughs> is thick on this Saturday.
1: Oh, it's just I I tell you, uh, Kev, I was telling Cal about the ellipses. I was telling him about Owen. Uh, how old is How old is Owen?
4: Kevin? six, seven. Owen is now the big seven. Oh, what a job by him! He so- just turned seven. He he. You know, my my brother bought tickets at uh, you know yesterday afternoon at the buzzer. So he picked up his son Owen at school. Then all of a sudden the rain clouds coming on. He he didn't know if he made a mistake or not. He you know he's second guessing. Anyway, little Owen rolls down his window, tells the school crossing guard he's going to City Field and that his record is 0-7 at City.
0: <laughs> I love it. Now well, he the,
4: got- he's a diehard hard diehard Mets fan. He was on the edge of his seat the whole night. He knew exactly what was going on, and he got to see the first no hitter in Mets history. So it was awesome.
1: Talk about it! Talk about a tremendous first win! Holy mackerel!
4: Wow! <laughs> I mean, I, I texted my brother last night. He'll have that forever. Yep.
1: No, absolutely. I mean,
4: he'll he'll be as old as we are to you know years from now, and he'll be telling the story of that how he was at City Field with his old man, yep. and he saw Johan Santana throw a no hitter. Yep. Now Kevin, doesn't get much better.
1: No. We talked a little bit about uh, Cal, and I talked a little bit about our nights how it went, lucky position. Oh, my. Uh, what do you got for us? Because I know you...
4: Well, strangely, I felt like I was locked in very early. I missed the very beginning part of the game, <laughs> the first two innings. But, you know, around the fifth inning, I don't know what impelled me to think, like maybe tonight's the
0: night.
4: Right. But I it was a strange aura. I felt something going on. You know, I don't know if you remember, I texted you at dot, dot, dot. I forget what inning it was. But it was relatively early to be like, hey, yep. maybe, maybe tonight's the night. Especially with the pitch count and and, and the, the storyline with uh, Johan and and just the game itself, who we were playing, you know, you just you're, you're kind of watching the game hoping for a W. But something something deep down in there was like, hey, maybe we got something here. Right. And, and then uh, the, the the pitch count was mounting. I'm like, oh, you know, um, as a Mets fan, you're like, oh, how are we, how are we gonna how are we gonna screw this one up?
0: <laughs>
1: Now, did you did you find a, a a lucky position in there anywhere? Is is uh, Michelle asleep at this point? Does she go to bed? She's a No, I went a
4: little back and forth. We I shifted from uh, from the living room to the basement, and uh, but I, uh, both TVs were on. I could I had something told me not to shut the TV off in the living room, even though I was going downstairs. <laughs> I don't know why, but the, the both TVs stayed on. I love it. Strange, strange little things. When I sent you the dot, dot, dots, I don't know if you picked up on it. In the seventh inning, I sent you nine dots.
0: Yep. 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 <laughs> Via and text. I, knew,
1: I knew exactly what it was. I knew it was yep. nine, and then the next inning I got six, and the next inning I got three.
4: Oh, man. And, I wanted uh, to text so much more, I just couldn't. Yeah, no, we,
1: I I. not Brian and I decided separately, but consciously, to not text each other at all.
4: Which was also, you know, but I started it early with you, so I figured let's That's keep it good. going.
1: Well, and you and I have had this in place for a couple of years, the ellipses. Oh, tax. man. We've had it in place. But Cal and I, for some reason, Bri, you you had the same feeling I did. Like, you just knew I was watching. I just mm-hmm. knew you were watching. We, it was like a disturbance in the force. Like, we felt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had no doubt that the other guy was watching. Now, Kev, when that ball, when Molina hits that ball, okay, and Baxter's yep is going back on that ball. I was just telling Cal I had a good feeling.
4: I mean I mean the the camera angle was amazing. It did look like there was that there was a second in midair where you said, Up, oh, there it goes, trouble. Um, yep. but you, you were just hoping and what, I mean once it went in the glove and he smashed against the wall and it stuck, I mean how could you not think that no hitter was gonna happen after that.
1: Right. And unbelievable uh the the couple of flares that they hit, like the one where uh didn't Murphy. they all
4: seem like they were gonna bloop in? Everything, <laughs> seemed like
1: it was, everything seemed like it was ticketed for short left or center field. I the holiday
4: broken bat. I was cursing. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there it goes on a broken bat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I, I thought for sure Quintanilla and Murphy were gonna crash into each other on that ball behind the mound.
4: Yep, absolutely. Oh man,
1: when Murphy when Murphy ran across and snagged that out of the air. That was one where Teresa let out a gasp. Oof. Teresa went, oh, my God, come
4: on.
2: Because I'm watching Quintanilla, and all of a sudden Murphy comes flying in. I'm like, ooh.
4: <laughs> yeah, anytime. Yeah, you know, Steve, up, I mentioned to you last night, like that's going to be a great trivia question years from now. Who was playing shortstop for the Mets when, uh, when Johan threw his no-hitter? Omar
1: Quintanilla.
4: Now, <laughs>
3: uh,
4: one, of my, one of my favorite
1: uh, or one of the big things here, guys, that uh, I was talking to Teresa about because I had to talk to somebody. Was when when they opened up the huge lead, that was huge. That allowed like Terry Collins to. I mean, obviously he was not going to get the ball from Johan, but having that big of a lead meant Johan could walk anybody he wanted to. So in other words, you get to the seventh, eighth, ninth inning there. The pitch count, you know. Of course, you're all watching it, but you're up eight nothing. If you want to walk the bases loaded, knock yourself out to get to the guy that you want to pitch to. You know what I mean? So like it was such a difference being up five nothing and then eight nothing as opposed to being up like two nothing, because then if you walk somebody, the tying runs at the plate. So not a, you risk losing the no hit. You know what I mean? Like it just it happened. The Mets tacking on runs, which they have not done all yeah, year.
4: Yeah, but I, I to the same regard though, I was very grateful like when the, I forget the guy's name, he got hit in the hand and they called him back into the box. Yeah. Um. you know, the, the pitch count was getting to that scary limit. I mean, I don't know how much. Yeah. I mean, they, they can say all day, and they can say until the cows come home that they were, you know, he wasn't getting the ball. But, you know, where, where's the limit? Is it 150 where you're like, okay, right. this is getting crazy?
1: Right. No, absolutely. I just, I, I meant it in terms, or I was thinking it in terms of guys like Hallid, uh, Holiday or guys like Belton. Yeah. Like you got two outs and you're facing Holiday and you really don't want to pitch to him, you can go ahead and put him on. You know, throw him four straight yep. balls, throw him four straight balls, and deal with the next guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just think it worked out really, really well. That if if you're up two nothing and and he walks somebody, now the oh, time comes yeah. at the plate. You know what I mean? So you, the the hook had to be short. I think it. I think it let the only thing be the pitch count. You know what I mean? Terry Collins didn't have to worry about losing the ball game. You know, all he had to do was how great is Collins, guys? How great is that? Wow,
4: what a what a great handshake too. The 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 proudness oh. of while he was waiting for Johan to greet him and shake his hand and say thank you and congratulations was oh. just awesome.
1: Brian, when he uh, did you? I know you were watching the post game stuff. hmm I I gotta be honest with you. It got a little dusty in uh, my house over here when uh, they asked Collins about Johan saying that he was uh, you know Collins was Collins said Johan, you're my hero. Yeah. All right. I got I got a little dusty in the house. I gotta be honest.
2: Well, and you can you can see him on the field after the game, after the last pitch, when everybody went crazy. Collins just looked like he was fighting back tears. Yeah, yeah. He uh, Teresa even commented on it.
1: Teresa said, "Wow, he's he's awfully stone faced." I said, "That's because he doesn't want to cry." <laughs> well, there, there was
4: definitely an element of stress and relief as well.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, told, I mean, he, 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 you said you texted it to me, Bry, too. That like Collins in the press conference after was like, he better make his next start. Like I hope, I just really hope he makes his next
2: start. He was, gonna, he was he was so conflicted.
1: Yep, it
4: you was worth it.
1: That was absolutely <laughs> worth it
4: all <laughs> day. Oh, it <laughs> was.
1: So I got to ask the big question, Kev: Are
4: you back? I'm back, all in, 100%. (laughs) Wow.
1: As a Giant fan, Kevin can say mean,
4: I mean, let's face it. I mean, I was watching a majority of these games very kind kind of in the weeds there, hanging tough, uh, looking, seeing what we had here. I think my analogy of, uh, you know, I kind of... Kind of ordered the steak for this team and and got served a hamburger. Uh, by that meaning, I, I I want a better product on the field, but I do appreciate how this team is playing this year on the games that I've watched. I've probably watched about I would say eighty eighty percent of the games, not not start to finish, but most of the games, missing a game here or there. But uh, you know when you do watch them, they they're grinders. They they're they're players that have come up to the system. They're trying to make a name for themselves. They're coming together as a unit. They've got some older guys that, uh, you know, offer some leadership in Johan and Dickey. So it is, it is a fun team to root for, even though as a Mets fan, I kind of look at other teams, uh, whether it be cross-town or in the division that have a little bit more star power. I, 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 there is some envy and jealousy there, but I do like the way this team plays. Yeah,
1: I, 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 I see what you're saying, Kevin. I know you've been watching in the weeds, you know, and, and sort of laying low, and I think maybe that hamburger is
4: a little Kobe beef there. Might be a Kobe beef fanberg. <laughs> Something's in it. It's
0: delicious. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, where does that uh, where does the Baxter uh, catch rank? It's, I mean, is is that Andy Andy wow. Chavez level, especially with the end result uh, you know, uh coming as you know, we we did get the no hitter, it's gotta be pretty high up there.
1: I think it's I think it's a bigger catch than Andy. I think it's maybe one of the top three catches in the history of, I, I mean, easily because they got the no hitter.
4: You know, yeah, if, interesting.
1: If the, if the Mets had won that game six, yeah, uh, game uh, game seven and gone to the World Series, then Endy's catch ranks up there.
4: I mean, in all of baseball, in all, exactly
1: in all of baseball is one of the great catches of all time. Uh, but they lost to Adam Wainwright in the Cardinals.
4: Yep. Oh my. <laughs>
1: the storyline. I think the Baxter catch is is, is easily. Maybe the age or you got to go. Maybe the Swoboda catches in, in uh, the Swoboda catch in '69 is a huge catch uh, in the World Series against the Orioles. The uh, that's probably number one because it was in a World Series and it helped them win a World Series game. Yep. I, I, I tell you what, Baxter is
2: a strong two, a strong oh my. Two. Right, Cal? Would you say? I really you could take you could take Chavez, Baxter, and Swoboda and put them in any order that you want because they are yeah. all important in their own way. Yep. And they and they stand out from anything else in 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 Met history.
1: Is there anything better though too than the fact that Baxter grew up a Met fan and is and you know just grew up ten minutes from from Shea Stadium?
4: I mean, I mean the kid's a journeyman. He's happy to be there, first of all. So I yep. mean. You don't want to see the kid get hurt but if if he did get seriously hurt and that, and that that's his claim to fame I got to tell you not a bad way to go.
1: Exactly. I mean if that's the last play he ever <laughs> of course hopefully it's not but if that's the
4: last play he ever makes on a baseball field
1: he will go down in yeah. met history forever. Yeah, he could cruise, he could cruise around
4: Whitestone for the next yep. couple of decades and he'll be fine.
1: Yep, yep. Like Ted Berg said, let's if it is his last play ever, let's make sure Ma- Mike Baxter never buys a beer for himself in this town ever again.
0: <laughs> Great one.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, Kev, we're gonna run because we're we're gonna finish up. So, uh, but hey, uh,
4: let's back to back. Dickie today. What do you think? R.A. Dickey. Um, yeah, I know you mentioned R.A. Dickey as as a guy that you would you know maybe like to see throw the no-hitter. I'm not convinced there. Um, I did. I was laughing at you guys talking about you know if you had a choice. You know, I, I would. I would. I. I. wanted. You know, personally as a Mets fan, before 8,020 hit last night, I would have taken any kind of no-hitter. But the way it happened and the storyline, I'm so happy that it was Johan Santana. Um And yeah. I'm just. It's a great day to be a Mets fan and uh as the saying totally goes, let's go Mets go.
1: Amen. And you know what, Kev, you and I uh and have lo- have logged a lot of hours watching a lot of Mets yeah. baseball.
4: Yeah. And if you can hold <laughs> no, on for no. one second, let's see if we can get a go Mets here. Hold on one sec.
0: All right, let's have it. Go Mets.
4: That a boy.
0: <laughs> How was that?
4: That's awesome. Alright Mets. have a good day guys. Let's go Mets.
0: Thanks. Hey, bro.
4: Congratulations, Kev. It. Thanks buddy. See Oh, uh,
1: how great that was uh, Kevin's uh little boy there who's uh 2 plus saying go Mets. How about that?
2: You well, know, I want to I, I want to make one before we finish up. I just want yeah, so We got a couple of minutes. That I was thinking of and like when everything started to kind of crystallize this morning for me I woke up thinking it was a dream and I had a check and, and <laughs> saw that it actually happened and it became more real this morning. The, the, the question comes up, how is, this, how is this better than a World Series or, or even a playoff win? And it, 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 I think we can agree it's not better than, than winning the World Series in 86 for us. Nope. It can't be better than that. For me, though, it's probably number two. And the reason why is when you're in the playoffs, you know there's a possibility that you could win that game and something amazing is going to happen. Going into the game, you know that that that's a possibility. So you're prepared for that potentially happening. In a no-hitter, it's just, you know, your garden variety. It's random. Summer night, game in June, and then it develops into something special and magical. And I think that that's why it becomes more important because you didn't expect it. It's no. always as a Met fan; it's always in the back of your mind, but you never expect it, and you never go into the game thinking, "Hey, there's a chance that this is the night we get the first no hitter." You know, and then it yeah. just happens, and, and it's it's a very organic thing. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a great call,
1: and it it, it, it it's not as joyous as a championship, but darn, is it close. To I mean, it is really, really close for the reasons that you said. And also, I think, you know, there was something built in, Bri, in every game I went to, every game you and I have gone to of late, every game that I, uh, you know, not watch, but if it gets to the third inning every night as a Mets fan and there were no hits and then that first hit happens, you're like, yeah, not tonight. Like, it's a thought. It's a, it's been a thought for for years for me, yep. you know. And every game I've ever, I mean, we we did it when we went to the game last year, you know. Where we, were, you know, after the first hit was given up and like the first name, we're like, yep, ain't gonna be the no hitter today. <laughs> like it's like I, it's like a thing that is in yeah. you know, Met fans who have watched a million games. It's not like you know something you you agonized over. It was just there, like that first hit. Even if I didn't say it. When the other team got the first hit in the game, I was like, "Eh, not tonight.
2: But if they get to like the fifth or sixth inning, it was always like, oh, God. Yep.
1: Here we go again. Yep. No, absolutely. But you're absolutely right. It's It's so random that Mm -hmm. it happens. You know, the possibility is there for you to win a championship when you're in the playoffs. That's what the playoffs are all about. You know, it's so random that just on a random night, you know, game number 8,020 it just was the night for it to happen, you know. But Now, I, I think, gosh, I want to put it in context, and I, and I said, as I said, there are two things I can't envision happening as a sports fan, and this was definitely one of them. Uh, am I greedy to think that I want another one this season? <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: I, I've, I've been hearing a lot about that this morning, and let's, right. let's, let's Slow down. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody
1: uh, wrote on my Facebook page, my buddy Falsey, who's a real good sports fan, big Reds fan. And he wrote, uh, you know, congrats and stuff like that. And, you know, he had to rub it in, of course, that Seaver through one for his Reds. And, hmm. But then he put, you know, uh, all right, now start working on the perfect game. And I wrote, hey, you know, baby steps here. You know, it took us 50 years <laughs> to get a no-hitter.
0: Yeah.
1: Babe, I can't even imagine a perfect game. But – uh you know, I think, as we said, bright in the game itself, everything other than the pitch count sort of broke the way they needed it to break, uh, in a great way. He got the great play that he needed out of Baxter. He got the favorable call on the you know the ball down the line. And you know, uh, if anybody gives you crap about that, Gal, uh, Ted Berg over at Ted Quarters uh, made a great point, and he said, if this game is 15 years ago. You know, if this game is even... There's uh, there's Sparky. He's okay.
2: He's happy. He's watching the replay. Right. But if this game happens
1: even 10 years ago, Brian, there's no such thing as HD. Yeah, there's no true. such thing as a super slow-mo HD camera. You'd never know. And you, you would have never known that, that that ball kicked up chalk. And like I said, in every perfect game, in every no-hitter, there's a couple of calls by uh, the umpire whether they be balls or strikes or whatever that could have gone the other way you know how many how many uh, strike 3s could have been ball 4s in certain perfect games or no hitters you know
3: i it, it, it
1: happens it's a symptom of the game i don't think it I, I i really hope nobody takes anything away from it you know what i mean
2: well and and my my stance on it is that they can try but they can't yeah. You can you can you can say it all you want and you can try and you can make fun of the Mets and only the Mets and all that, but you know, this is one occasion where I just I kind of feel impervious to the negativity and the snark yep. that is inevitably gonna come and this is this is for all Met fans, this is our moment. Finally. Yep.
1: It's it, it and it's also it also was against the world champions. I mean, against the number one offense in the National League. I mean, this wasn't against the Padres, you know, or an expansion Expos team.
2: Right. You
1: know, this was against the defending world champions with a formidable lineup.
2: And he, and he retired the three, four, and five hitters in the ninth inning. That's right. It wasn't a cheapie.
1: He got, he got Holiday. He got, uh, what was it, Holiday?
2: Alan uh, Craig.
1: and uh, Alan and Craig and, and the reigning World Series MVP. Who might know a thing or two about a big spot in in freeze? And he struck him out. He struck him out. After struck go out.
2: after going three zero on him,
1: after going three zero on him, came back and struck. And he, I tell you, he did look stronger in the ninth than he did in the sixth.
2: Yeah, he did. I'm mean, again like Terry Collins said, it's probably adrenaline, but Yep. still, it, it, yep. Was, it was it was it was it was as special as I thought it would be, and probably even more so than I could have imagined.
1: Yep. Now you know there's only one thing left to
2: happen. Win the whole damn thing. <laughs> and, well, that's
1: a. First of all, I want the the t-shirts. The, oh, oh, his speech
2: at the end of the game. His speech the at the end room? of the
1: game in the locker room. He was very, you know, very succinct. He was great. He said, "You guys all, we just made history, and you guys all made that happen." And and thank you, you know, thanked his teammates, and then he said, "Yeah, baby, believe it." <laughs> I want that T-shirt. Yeah, baby. Believe it.
2: You know, that was the other thing that, that really struck me, and I sent this message to you last night, was watching all of the post-game stuff, and I recorded it all, and, and I will most definitely watch it again today. Yep. That's a, that's a save until delete. Probably tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe the next day. But the thing that really struck me was interviewing the rest of the team, and you saw Mike Baxter and Josh Toley, who, my God, looked like he could have floated on air. Yeah how happy he was yep. and David Wright who anytime he has an opportunity to talk about anybody but himself is, is, is so, so much different. He, he just speaks differently when it's about somebody else, yep. you know, but how proud R.A. Dickey, how proud he was, yep. all these guys that were, were so proud of Santana and just proud to be part of this team. And, and you, you just, you can't help but feel good for this whole group. And, and we talked about it earlier in the week for me, This is this is this team. I've got a connection with this team, and I'm I'm growing to love this team more than any team since the '86 Mets. It's true. Yeah, there's again there's
1: there's something special about this team. We talked on Thursday. Very prescient. prescient, (laughs) Presciently is that a word? Uh, Presciently. Yeah. We talked uh, a couple days ago on the show about how about how uh, you know a clubhouse and good chemistry in a clubhouse in baseball can help a ton. And then Keith Hernandez yesterday on with Mike Francesa during the day said the same thing and sort of confirmed what you were saying, Brian, about a team that likes each other can make a difference. It just like I said, it just gives them more it's not
2: automatic, it no, just puts them in not, a better spot. It
1: doesn't mean they're going to win a World Series, it, right. but it can overcome a lot of deficiencies in talent on the field. And you saw that last night. I mean, Wright's line was tremendous. Wright's line about manicuring. Uh, you know, is there pressure on you as a defensive player and stuff like that? And it wasn't a perfect game. Wasn't a perfect game. So if you, I'm thinking like as a player in the field, you're like, okay, I just really want to botch it and make sure it's a clear error.
0: Yeah. yeah if yeah. I
1: if I do, you know. Uh. But um, And Wright said uh, he manicured the grass around third base as if he was making a putt at the Masters. As if he was going to try to make a putt at the Masters. Like, And Darling, did you see Darling's line? See, Darling got very choked up. Hernandez got very choked up. The players that have been around this team yeah. and are, uh, are an indelible part of its history uh, were choked up. And Darling said, you know, the last time I felt this, I had stirrups on. Yep. This is the last time I felt this way about a baseball game, I had stirrups on. And uh it just it's just one of the more special things uh, it, for them to happen. And there's a little magic. Maybe there's a little I mean, maybe they exercise some demons here, Cal. Well maybe there's a little magic here. You know?
2: And and the and the thing about this team, the the other quote, I don't know if you heard R.A. Dickey's quote. And I don't one of one of them last night repeated R. A. Dickey's quote and and it's it's such an R. A. Dickey quote that I, I love it. <laughs> um, the high tide rises all boats. Yep.
4: That's
1: and talking about Santana and how right. you know how important he is to the rest of that team and guys try to play up to his level and stuff like that. And hey, you're only as good as your next day's pitcher, even after a no hitter. And today's pitcher has been pretty good for the Mets, and
2: so. And he says, well, I, I went in and told Terry that you better throw Hefner because I'm not following that. Right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he I sold love it. Hefner out like that. Right, I love it.
1: Well, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap this one up, Cal. I'm going to go ahead and play uh, the call again. And uh, I will see you next Thursday uh, for Ready to Unload. Thanks to, uh, to Daniel Alderondo for giving us a shout. Great job by Dr. Erase that. Great job.
2: Yeah, he was, he was terrific. And, I mean, and
1: great job.
2: Steve, to you. And, and every Met fan out there today, congratulations and, yep.
1: and enjoy it. This one. Can't can't nobody take it away. No one.
0: And now Santana, perhaps a strike away. Johan sweeps a little bit away from the left of the pitching rubber. Steps behind the rubber. Tugs once at the bill of his cap. Takes a deep breath and steps to the third base side of the rubber. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched the ball hitter in the 8,020th game. The mound! The points of the bullpen are trotting in! It is a surreal feeling here at-